Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey, bestie. Happy Thursday. We're basically two weeks into 2024, and in a shocking turn of events, everything feels exactly the same as it did back in 2023. Uh, But that's actually to be expected. Um, Change just doesn't happen that fast. I saw a reel from this hypermobility PT that I follow And she was saying that the first six to eight weeks of any training program is all just neuromuscular adaptations, which sidebar for my hypermobile babes is what we need the most. We need that communication going on and the habituation of it so that we can actually start to get the benefit of the training. Otherwise, we're just pushing ourselves to do things that our bodies aren't ready or conditioned for. But this got me thinking about any kind of new skill acquisition We know that it takes time, and we also know that we're not going to see progress right away, and there's no reason to think that we should feel different or be different after two weeks of working toward a new goal or picking back up an old goal um, just because it's January, you know? And not that this is a skill, but I think it's the perfect example um, of expecting immediate results, and that's weight loss. So whether you're on a weight loss journey or you're you've given up trying to lose weight, um, you don't believe in losing. What I I don't. This is not an opinion about that. Um, so, like, you do you. I will say for my own self and my own beliefs, I do not believe that weight is an indicator of health. So just know that, that like, that's the base for everything for me. But I do know that some people still want to lose weight. We're not going to get rid of that idea. It's like indoctrinated into us. But anyway, we've all been there though, right? Like we've all been on that journey where um, we check the scale a day after we like stayed on our food plan and worked out just to see if there was any change. You're like, oh my God, did did it work? Did yesterday, did being perfect yesterday work? <laughs> and it's like, no girl, it didn't. Um also, it's that's a bad idea because, like, you might see a change in weight from from day to day, but like when you start something new, it might actually be an increase in weight. Like, if you're drinking more water and your body's not used to it, it might retain more water, or you might be seeing like inflammation in your body, which is going to increase your weight. And then you're like, "Oh my god, it's not working!" Blah blah blah, whatever, right? So, I think we've all been on that journey. If you're off that journey, um, good for you. Um, I say, get off that train. Anyway, this is not about weight loss. It's just the first example that came to my mind because, and I think it's relatable for most of us out there because I think a lot of us have been struggling with our weight or struggling with accepting our weight. Let's say that. All this is to say that the whole 30 days to create a habit thing has been debunked. And if we know that it can take six to eight weeks just to get our brain and body synced, then we really need to like fine-tune what we're looking for in terms of results. 
So in the case of working out, it might just be that we're able to coordinate our body more quickly or with more ease. Um, Like we don't have to think quite as hard about what we're doing. Uh, Maybe it's easier to access proper form. Uh, Maybe we have more awareness of our body in space and are more attuned to the sensations we're experiencing internally. And that is a big one for us hypermobile folks. We tend not to quote unquote feel it unless there is like intense pressure or excessive load or in the case of stretching right until we're at like the very end range of movement, uh, which in that case means we're just like stretching on our joints, <laughs> which is not the best thing, right? But improvements in that interoceptive awareness are going to be a sign of progress for us, which may not feel like a big deal, but it is because as this PT said, people tend to stop working before that six to eight week period is up. So they don't ever actually get to see the the real culmination of those results. And one of reason for that is that they get injured from pushing too hard. And this can be true of anyone, but I know for myself, I've been in that pattern. Like I think I'm doing a really positive thing by working out every day, but I'm not actually hearing the cues from my body that I'm overdoing it. And then I get injured and it just reinforces the idea that I can't work out without hurting myself. So I just might as well not. And like that becomes a pattern. Then I stop working out and then I'm like, ooh, I need to work out. And then I do the whole thing over again. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm always getting injured. So what I'm seeing is that this means that like slow and steady really does win the race. And that if I can teach myself to pay more attention to my body's cues, like when it's asking for rest or needs different support nutritionally, or like maybe that I should be drinking more water, then it's actually going to help me be more successful in the long run because I won't lose time from that injury cycle that I keep falling into. So if you're relating to any of this, you came to the right place because I want to talk about the goals and resolutions that we set for ourselves today. Um, I read this somewhere and I can't remember where, so forgive my lack of credit, but it said something to the effect of, are your goals just self-criticism disguised as self-improvement? And whoa, did that really take the wind out of my sails? I talk about this shit all the time, and I'm sure I've even said something like this, but when it's just simple and direct like this from the outside, it really grabs me. And I was like, yeah, uh uh-huh, I definitely have done that in the past, and I'm sure we'll still continue to do it. I've gotten better at it, but I could definitely relate to that. And so it makes me reflect on my own goals right now and the inner voice that I'm listening to. And here's the truth. Anytime we're setting change or results-based goals, we need to be very clear why we're setting them. Now, I prefer not to like set change-based goals like, you know, losing 20 pounds or lifting so much or being able to do XYZ, right? Um, That's just not how I like to specifically think about what I'm doing. Remember, we can do anything we want as long as we like our reason. So when I say that, what I hope you hear is that the reason resonates in your body in a way that feels good, right? Not that you like the reason that you're beating up on yourself, (laughs) but that like 
when you think about why you want the thing you want, that it really brings a sense of like peace and joy and like relaxation into your body. So let's just look at like, what is a change or results-based goal, right? And it's anything that is based on you needing to be different or for you to accomplish a very specific thing for you to be able to be happy with yourself. This could look like losing weight, or it could look like publishing a book even, right? Depending on how um, you think about yourself. And this is where last week's topic on unconditional love comes in. Um, Because like, if you cannot love yourself, or you're only going to be able to be happy with yourself if you publish a book, then basically you're doing it for the wrong reason. If this is the case, you're actually less likely to achieve the goal because the reason isn't going to actually feel good in your body. You're using the restricting of self-love as motivation. And I don't think that actually is sustainable for anybody. So the way to figure out if you're on track for success in, in the attainment of your goal is by answering a few questions. So why do you want to achieve this goal? So the weight loss one is great because we've all been brainwashed um, by diet culture. And then we have the whole body positivity movement that then was co-opted by diet culture (laughs) and the weight loss industrial complex. So it can seem like really virtuous and amazing because you might hear yourself say something like, I just want to feel better in my body. But girl, losing weight is not necessarily going to achieve that. You might have less negative thoughts about your body, but that's different than like what you're experiencing in your body, right? That's like brain down versus body up. So you can't feel like fat tissue, like you can't feel it on your body. So like feeling fat is not a thing. You could grab your stomach or your butt or whatever, right? You could palpate that tissue and like feel it physically with your fingers. But the, but the internal experience of that tissue doesn't really feel any different than any other tissue. You can achieve feeling better in your body by moving more by drinking more water, by eating foods that energize you, by staying away from foods that you're allergic to, uh, by limiting alcohol and caffeine, by getting more sleep and rest, right? Doing these things may result in weight loss, but that will just be a byproduct, right? That doesn't have anything to do with feeling better in your body. And I think we could also get more specific about what does feeling better in your body mean, right? Do you want to be in less pain? Well, there are specific things you can do to, to address that. Do you want to have more energy? Again, specific things we can do to address that. And also kind of accepting like what your baseline is, right? I know for me, like part of feeling better in my body or feeling more energized is actually taking my meds. (laughs) Like I have to take my meds in order to feel more energized. I have to take my antidepressant so that I don't get stuck in those like really down thought loops and I have to take my Adderall so that I feel like focused and it gives me energy and keeps me sustained throughout the day. Like this is a part of that. Another way that it might seem like, I don't know, either, I don't want to say virtuous, but like, like it sounds nice, you know, it sounds nice, but it's maybe not nice is that you might like just want your clothes to fit better, right? That seems harmless. Like I just want to feel better in my clothes and not have them feel so restrictive. Well, Wearing clothes that are uncomfortable sounds like a punishment. 
that you're inflicting because you don't like the size of your body. And you won't allow yourself to buy clothes that actually fit and are comfortable. I literally coached a woman on this a few years ago. She was talking about like wanting her clothes to fit better. And I'm like, why don't you just buy new clothes that fit your body now? And like she was floored by that. And it had never occurred to her. And of course it didn't because her goal was self-criticism disguised as self-improvement and therefore led to self-flagellation by wearing clothes two sizes too small. And here's the thing. I think some of us are like, well, I'm going to wear, I'm going to keep wearing these clothes and it will force me to lose the weight. Has that ever happened? Has that ever actually worked? No, you're just uncomfortable all the time. And then you spend the whole day being uncomfortable and like that being a distraction and then you're exhausted. And then what do you do? You go home and you do the same old bullshit that you've always been doing, right? So see how that like just doesn't work. It occurred to her in that moment that the most loving thing she could do for herself was to actually buy clothes that fit. And she could also still work toward her goal. Like they weren't mutually exclusive. Like like buying new clothes didn't mean she wasn't going to keep working toward her goal, right? And that's just like the thought error that we had to kind of bring up. That one didn't automatically mean the other. The next question is, what will I be able to believe about myself if I do this thing? So again, if the reply in your head is in any way moralistic, i.e. that I am a good person, then your why is not it, right? You're not a good person or a bad person, regardless of the goals that you set and achieve. Like there's the morality has nothing to do with it. But if you're going to be able to believe that you're a good person or some other thought about yourself that you don't feel like you have access to right now, um, I'm someone who's committed. I'm someone who keeps their word, right? There are plenty of other examples of that, I'm sure, in your life that you could pull from that don't have anything to do with this goal. Like, do you keep your word to your friends, to your partner, to your children, Are you committed to the work that you do, right? Like there are other ways that you can seek out evidence that that's already true about yourself. And if you do that, if you look at ways that you're already doing that, you can actually borrow that belief in yourself from that place into this new thing. You can already believe it about yourself. You don't have to achieve the goal in order to believe it because there's already an area in your life where that's a like that's happening. And so lastly... Um, And this is like probably the most important one. How do you think achieving this thing will make you feel? I think, you know, for a lot of us, we just want to feel proud of ourselves. And we've been taught that the only way we can do that is by being really hard or restrictive or unkind to ourselves while we work towards reaching those goals, right? The whole like no pain, no gain thing. But like, who does that serve, right? That doesn't really serve us when we believe that the only path to attainment of what we want is through struggle and pain and basically like beating ourselves into submission to complete these goals. Because when we teach ourselves to accept bad treatment from ourselves, this really only helps like the white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. It doesn't help us, right? It teaches us that like we can withstand more and more abuse and it's for the our betterment it's for the greater good or whatever and we bring that into the other areas of our lives and we don't stand up for ourselves when we can clearly see that 
actually, we can't clearly see it. We can't clearly see that like the way we're being treated is not appropriate because we're so accustomed to doing that to ourselves. And it's just kind of this vicious cycle. Like, where did it start? It didn't start with us. It started with the messaging from the outside. We internalized it. We started doing it to ourselves. And then it just looks normal when we see it coming from other people. So... If any of your answers to these questions is making you rethink your goals because you're like, oh, yeah, I can see. (laughs) I can see how I was just, like, using this self-criticism to try to, like, browbeat myself into, like, getting where I want to be. And that I was really convinced that this was just, like, you know, a self-improvement project. And it was negligible slash amazing really get clear on what you want your why to be. And if you're feeling kind of lost now on actually how to set those goals, right, how to make it self-affirming and identity shifting, and really like as good as done, like let's work together. There's a lot of deprogramming to do that is like almost impossible to do alone, right? I've talked about like all of my internalized ableism that surfaced over the last six months and like I really need my therapist to point that out to me because it's super tricky, right? It seems helpful, but it's just another way that I'm withholding love for myself in the hopes that like hating myself is going to lead to like a version of me that I'm willing to love. And if you can feel like you're doing that too, like if you can sense that, um, support is there for you reach out to me. Um, You can book a consult through my website. We can talk about it. We can figure out what the right path is for you with that. And you don't have to do it alone. Lastly, I just want to shout out some people from last week's episode. Actually, was it last week's? Maybe it's a week before. (laughs) Um, I can't remember what week it was, but the words for the year. I heard from two people. I heard from Kate and her word was liberation, which I love because that's very in line with like my word of freedom, but I actually might be like hers better. <laughs> um, she also gave me her business mantra, which I think is amazing. Sustainable, easy, fun. And I'm so on board with this. One of the things that I'm doing this year is I'm working with um, a coach, um, an ADHD coach, and I want help with like creating sustainable systems for me that like take into account like my executive function and my like capacity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So that's one of the ways that like I really want to create more sustainability in my own life. And then Karen's word was resonance. And I loved this because I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about like what what empathy like actually is, like how to like experience empathy, right? And it's not actually like the like feeling someone else's feeling, but it's like when someone is talking about their experience that you can feel it resonating in your body. And there's this like, like understanding from that level, not so much that like, I feel what you feel. And I love this idea of resonance. And I think it's something to just kind of look for, um, and other aspects of our lives too. So thank you, Kate and Karen, for sharing your words with us. I know I said we were going to be breaking down some like basic, you know, topics and terms this month. And we're going to get there um, next week. But I actually had an idea for this week. And then I started talking and the goal thing just kind of like fl- was flowing out. So we'll get to... um 
We're going to do story versus facts. We're going to do how to pick apart the difference between what's actually happening in our lives and the story we're telling ourselves about it. So that's going to be on the horizon for next week. All right, babes. Talk to you soon. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.